Good evening, everyone. Yowza, yowza, yowza. It's another episode of Curiouser and Curiouser with your host, Sarayu. This is a really special episode because it's a companion episode to our last episode, um, which was about Studio 54, celebrating the 45th anniversary of the legendary iconic nightclub. Um, this show generally um, takes place on Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, we weren't able to do it last night, so we are doing a impromptu show today, but it will be in the library for you to refer back to which actually is the way that this is supposed to be listened to because I'm going to be giving you a playlist. So this particular show uh, is a companion piece to our Studio 54 episode last week. Um, and it focuses on the music that would have been played in that legendary nightclub. Um, you know, as I had mentioned, I uh, was not a part of that era, but I loved that era. Um, I was alive and I do remember some vestiges of it. Um, I started this show uh, by saying, yowza, yowza, yowza. People used to actually say that. It's not just me making fun of something. Um, it really actually was something that people used to say to mean awesome and great. I think we got to bring it back because it's a really evocative uh, exclamation and declaration. Um, but the music of Studio 54 and the music of disco uh, is something that is... Um, eternal. You hear it at every wedding. Uh, you hear it at parties. You hear it at theme parties, uh, nightclubs on the dance floor. I mean, you play a disco song and people like hit the floor immediately. They have been sampled, uh, you know, so much that you're going to hear songs and you're going to hear a bass line or you're going to hear drums or you're going to hear a refrain and go, I know that song. And yeah, you know it because it was first a disco song that was taken, uh, cut apart and repurposed by somebody. Um, and uh, that's how you're going to know the actual song. So, um, you know, I was initially going to sort of share some anecdotes and stories about each song ahead of time, front load that and then play uh, about, you know, 15 songs in a row so that you could have a full playlist to exercise to or run to. Or what I love doing is I just walk down the street with it and it changes my mood. Like seriously, serotonin's flooding my brain. I'm having such an awesome time. I'm going to put it on and probably start dancing now. Like it is impossible that your feet don't move when you're listening to these songs. And they were also all hand chosen by me. So I was going to put them together um, so that you could download it. But then I figured it probably made more sense to do it more like a traditional radio show, like play a song um, either in its entirety or halfway, you know, give you a little bit of history about it. Uh, probably not for every song. Uh, maybe we'll see, but um and then play a little bit. And then if you, you at this way, at least have the um, titles, the performers, and you could probably do a much higher quality uh, sort of playlist from Spotify, or you can buy the music or whatever way you're going to consume it. So I thought we'd try that this way. If you like the playlist idea better where I front load commentary and then just play 15 songs in a row, please send me a note or a comment. Um, and we'll do that because this show is going to be divided into two because there's 30 songs that I've hand chosen that are evocative of that era. So we'll only do 15 this time and then we'll save another 15 for the next time. But these are all songs with the exception of one, I believe, that you would have heard on the dance floor of Studio 54. You would have had lights, beautiful people around you, amazing clothes, 
performers, just people just being free and doing their thing. And you have heard some of these songs. Um, they were uh, at number one or probably in the top 10 at their height. They have been repurposed and have become classics because they've been taken and used their riffs, their bass lines, the refrains uh, in modern songs. Um, and so you're probably going to recognize a lot of this uh, as we go through it. Um, so let's go ahead and get started. Um, again, these are songs that would have been played on the dance floor of Studio 54, the legendary and iconic nightclub, which we profiled in our last show. Um, but also these were big songs during the disco era, and they really symbolized that time of kind of freedom and abandon and getting on the dance floor and forgetting all your problems, meeting somebody new, um, having a fabulous time, seeing celebrities, you know, on the dance floor, all of that stuff that, you know, you do when you're young and that's exciting. And, um, you know, and also at the end of the night when you come out, you know, at 3 a.m. in the morning, 4 a.m. in the morning, and that cold air hits you, you're wearing your, if you're a girl, even if you're a guy, you're wearing your heels and your disco dress and the cold air hits your face, you know, and you're sweating because you've been on the dance floor. You just had such a great night. Um, and these are the songs that you would have heard played. Um, and so we're going to start now. Uh, this first song is by a group called Sister Sledge, and it's called He's the Greatest Dancer. Uh, Sister Sledge was a group of sisters, as you might guess, um, who, interestingly, uh, when they started out, uh, they had a lot of help from Niall, the famous Niall Rogers, uh, who was in a band at the time called Chic and his partner, Bernard Edwards, who was responsible for writing quite a few of these songs um, that actually are even on this playlist. Um, and so this particular song was written um, and or produced, I believe, for Sister Sledge, this group of four sisters uh, by Niall Rogers and his partner, Bernard Edwards. Um, and one of the things that uh, always struck me is they thought that these girls were so innocent, like a lot of the stuff that they were singing, they really didn't have any idea that there was a double entendre or meaning or anything about anything. But um, this song called The Greatest Dancer, He's the Greatest Dancer, is probably going to sound familiar to you because the beginning has been sampled by the one and only Will Smith in his song, Getting Jiggy With It, which went to number one in 1997. Um, and it's just an amazing opening. So without further ado, let's listen to He's the Greatest Dancer by Sister Sledge. Oh, 
He's the greatest that's all. Oh, wow. 
Oh my God, that was so amazing. I do not know if you were listening to that, how you cannot get up and dance. I mean, I was moving the entire time and the piece that Will Smith sampled was just so perfect to lift that and put that into another song. So amazing. Um, another funny thing about that song is they mentioned a couple of designers. I don't know if you caught um, they say, I think they say Gucci, Fiorucci and Halston. And of course, Halston was somebody that spent, I mean, the great classic designer, American designer, so sophisticated, so elevant, uh, elegant, actually ended up spending a lot of time at Studio 54. He was part of that era and legend, and they sort of give a little shout out to him. Um, also, if you are a music aficionado, you will hear that there are echoes of Chic, who looms very large during that era, uh, which is no surprise because, of course, Neil Rogers and Bernard Edwards uh, were principals of Chic and were responsible for writing this song. So you can hear in that bass line, it's very, very Chic. So um, I love that song. Uh, so I hope you enjoyed that. Sister Sledge, she's the greatest dancer. Now, the next song is the Bee Gees, which everybody knows, uh, and it's a song who it's just ubiquitous, staying alive. Um, and here's sort of what's interesting to know about the Bee Gees. Um, you know, I think that people sort of think of them as kind of a joke band, but they're actually very accomplished musicians. Um, uh, you know, they were sort of the soundtrack for when I was a little kid. I remember hearing them everywhere in malls, um, in teenagers that were like driving by in their Camaros. Um, they were kind of the soundtrack to sort of, I would say, the early 80s, late 70s. And of course, you hear them, you know, throughout the 80s. And even now, they're very popular. But um, first of all, I think people think of them as Australian. They're not. They're actually English, but they grew up in Australia. Um and they are some of the best-selling artists of all time. Um, they are the most third, they're like the third most successful musical band in history after the Beatles and the Supremes. Um, and uh, Barry Gibb, who is the tall one that looks like a lion, you know, that has the hair and the chains and the 70s outfit. Um, he basically ties with John Lennon and Paul McCartney for the most uh, Billboard 100 hits um, as a songwriter. So that's a pretty incredible accomplishment and something that's not really known. Um, he is also the second most successful songwriter in history after Paul McCartney. Again, something that's not widely sort of acknowledged or known. I think people think about them as kind of these remnants of the disco era, but they really had an outsized sort of influence. Um, really one of the most important influential musical acts of that era. And so they very much earned 
given the title of Disco Kings. Um, they also wrote all of their music, which is incredible. Um, and the Bee Gees, just to take a step, step back, were three brothers. Um, and Robin, they were Robin, Barry, and Maurice Gibb. Sadly, only Barry is still alive. Maurice and Robin passed away. They had a fourth brother, Andy Gibb, that actually also made a name uh, as a singer and was sort of a teen heartthrob. But um, he also sadly passed away. Um, but, uh, you know, they uh, they were just such a talented, amazing group. Um, and still, you know, again, one of these kind of evergreen groups that just never go out of style. And so this particular song, uh, Staying Alive, uh, made it to like so many lists of like the 500 and 100 greatest songs, you know, in history. Um, it's super, super famous. Um, and the song Staying Alive is about survival in New York it was actually part of a soundtrack sequel to Saturday Night Fever, uh, I believe, which don't think it got very good reviews, but um, this was part of the soundtrack. So we're going to play a little bit about that, of this. And you'll also hear that the falsetto that Barry Gibb, it's sort of, it's very, um, it's it, it's symbolic of sort of the Bee Gees music that Barry Gibb, you know, kind of sings, uh, is kind of on full display here. So we're going to play a little bit of Stain Alive, which is a song that you probably already know. Um, and uh, let's get started with that. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
to say that when I was a little kid and I would see posters of Barry Gibb, I was a little scared because, you know, he looked like a lion and the uh, big thick chain and like the shirt kind of scared me. Um, but I love the falsetto, uh, which is just so signature of their songs. And uh, one funny story, um, which I think I shared uh, on the Studio 54 episode, which is Barry Gibb actually uh, came to Studio 54 for one night and wasn't allowed in. You know, there's the infamous red rope and the doorman. You couldn't get past them because Steve Rebell handpicked who was going to come into the club every night. Um, and if not him, his bouncers, because they want to have the perfect mix of folks inside. Because once you got inside, it was just, you know, there was no, you know, you just were mixing with everybody. There were celebrities. They wanted to make sure it wasn't too straight or too gay. It had just the right amount that it would be an amazing sort of wonderland for that evening. And so one night, um, Steve Rebell came out and saw this really tall guy that looked like a lion wearing 70s clothes, kind of waiting very quietly at the red rope and uh, asked the bouncer, who is that? Uh, and the bouncer was like some, you know, bridge and tunnel guy. And Steve Rebell was like, are you sure? He looks like one of the Bee Gees. And he's like, yeah, it's nobody. And Steve Rebell walked over to him and said, hey, uh, are you in the Bee Gees? And it turned out to be Barry Gibb. So he was uh, very politely waiting to get in. I love that story. Um, 
Also, this song has been kind of had a resurgence because it's been repurposed on TikTok. So it's been used for memes and all. You'll probably recognize that there are people that dance to it. And then there's also some memes that have been made out of it. So great song. It's a staple of uh, every kind of disco party or wedding that I've ever been to. Uh, and of course, it's by the great Bee Gees. Now, the next song is a little well less well known, but it's one of my favorites. I'm going to play it through the end. Um, every time I hear this, I think of Studio 54. And for some reason, I think of Halston's house. Halston had a beautiful modern home, uh, which I think was recently sold to Tom Ford in 2019, but it sat on the market forever. But it was the party house. Everyone would go there before and after 54. So Liza Minnelli, Andy Warhol, uh, Bianca Jagger, uh, just this whole crew of Studio 54 people would hang out there, have dinner, and then go to studio. Uh, and I think also return there. So for some reason, every time I hear this song, I think about that that place. It's somewhere on the Upper East Side. Super easy to find if you Google it. Um, but it's also gorgeous architecturally um, or Studio 54. So uh, this is a song called Let's All Chant. It's by the Michael Zager Band. Um, it was kind of a one-hit wonder, so there's not, not really much more to say about it. But again, uh, to me, this is the spirit of 54. So let's listen to Let's All Chant. Thank you. 
love that song. So evocative of the dance floor. Um, as I might have mentioned earlier, these songs were all handpicked by me because they embody the spirit of being on the dance floor at 54. Um, and were probably, actually all of them, I think with the exception of one, were played on the dance floor. They also embody the spirit of disco. Um, and just to kind of recap and reset the room. Um, we are doing a companion episode to the Studio 54 episode that we did for the 45th anniversary of the Legendary Nightclub last week. And this is all of the songs that they would have played on the dance floor. Um, these are amazing songs in and of themselves, but they've also been sampled a lot uh, by lots of different folks. So I think when you're listening to these songs, you're going to be like, wait a minute, I heard that on TikTok or I, well, you know, it was a uh, actually a completely different song first. Um, and so I've chosen 30 songs. We're going to do 15 this episode and we'll do another 15 at a future date. And the format that I decided to go with is to play the song or a little bit of the song and share maybe a little background and anecdote, uh, something about Studio 54 and the song um, and then go through with it. But um, originally I thought what I would do is front load the history of all of these things and then play, uh, have just a complete playlist that you guys could just listen to straight through. Uh, so if there's a format that you prefer, please reach out to me and let me know. So the next song up is also super iconic of this era. It's by a icon, a gay icon named Sylvester, uh, part soul, part R&B. Uh, Sylvester was black, gay, and flamboyant, and he symbolized everything about that era. Um, I think when he passed away, he was buried very appropriately in a red kimono. Um, and this has been called one of the 500 best songs of all time. And it's called You Make Me Feel Mighty Real, in parentheses, and it's by Sylvester. So let's take a listen. Thank you. 
That was the extended version of Sylvester's You Make Me Feel Mighty Real. I love that song. I literally had my hands up in the air and was singing to the sky. It makes me feel like running out on a dance floor. And again, one of these just so evocative of disco and being out on the floor. Um, amazing song. Um, and that was the long version. Just, I want to get up and dance. Um, and you know, Studio 54 really took the energy and excitement and creativity of the gay culture and gay clubs and brought it uptown and to straight people. And so a lot of this music kind of symbolizes, uh, you know, opening up that gay culture to everybody, which was something that had never been done before. But Steve and Ian, uh, Steve Rubell happened to be gay, um, recognized that this was this amazing kind of energy where people just wanted to dance and you would go to a gay club and beautiful girls would be there because nobody bothered them and they could just dance. And gay men would be there because they were, you know, looking to have some fun and they wanted to dance and it was art and music and creativity and culture. And just, you know, they wanted to bottle that energy and create something from it. And that was how Studio 54 was born. So You Make Me Feel Mighty Real by Sylvester. Um, now the next song is iconic. I've been saying that every single song, but it's true. They're all iconic, um, all handpicked because of what they represent and the, how they represent the era of disco. Now this is by the legendary band Chic of which Nile Rogers and Bernard Edwards were the writers, producers, and many of the songs that, um, are going to be on these playlists that I'm going to be sharing with you um, were written by them or produced by them. Um, and this particular song is called Freak Out. Uh, the name of this show is now Freak, and it's a line that's taken from this song. The backstory of this song is that Sheik was invited to Studio 54 by their good friend, Grace Jones, who used to hang out a lot at Studio 54. And so they showed up on New Year's Eve, ready to party, and they didn't get in. They tried to tell the bouncer that they were on Grace Jones' guest list, and uh, he didn't believe them or didn't, you know, there was some glitch. And so they were not allowed into Studio 54. And so they were so pissed off, they went around the corner, I think they lived on 52nd Street, and they wrote a song, uh, which basically was F.U. to the bouncer. Uh, and since they couldn't say that on the radio, they changed it to Freak Out. Uh, and it was called La Freak. Um, I remember getting this as a tape as a really little girl because I started listening to music really young. And I remember being like super, super young and making up dances to La Freak um, and hearing it all over the radio. So this was a huge song. It has been super sampled um, from everybody, from Duran Duran to Queen to the Smiths. They have been hugely influential and really genius behemoths in music. So I'm going to go ahead and play the song that was created because Nile Rogers basically couldn't get into Studio 54. Le Freak, Freak Out by the legendary Sheik. Show the end done. I do 
That was Freak Out Le Freak by Sheik, the legendary Sheik, a song written because um, Nile Rogers and Bernard Edwards could not get into Studio 54. Uh, and it met, was originally meant to uh, 
uh, express F you to the bouncers, but they change it to freak out and the rest is history. Now, the next artist um, has been called the queen of disco. Uh, she is the legendary late great Donna Summer. Um, and she was a stalwart, a mainstay from the mid seventies to the mid eighties, 42 hit singles, sold a hundred million records, really one of the best selling artists of all time. Um, she was the first to have three consecutive double albums go number one on the Billboard charts. Massive influence on uh, so many artists, uh, particularly female artists like Madonna. She was one of the first African-American, I think she was the first African-American woman nominated uh, to the MTV Music Awards. Um, and she's really been called, uh, you know, this her this particular record it came off of uh, has been called one of the greatest records um, of all time. And you would have definitely heard it uh, on the floor of Studio 54. So we're going to go ahead and without further ado, listen to the great Donna Summer sing Bad Girls.
That was the queen of disco, the late, great Donna Summer. Um, the next song is We're Back to Chic. Uh, they were really just so symbolic of the times. And we'll just listen to a little bit of this song because they're on represented both by their own band, but also writing and producing so many hits. So um, this particular song is called Good Times. Um, it is considered one of the most sample songs in history. There's a lot of political commentary embedded into this song, but that's not what people think of when they're on the dance floor listening to this. So just a little bit of Good Times by Chic. That was just a little bit of Good Times by Chic. Um, and uh, they are represented so heavily on these on this these two playlists that I'm putting together. So I don't want to, um, there's so many other songs we need to get to. So um, you know what the song is, it's Good Times by Chic. The next song is called Disco Inferno and it's by The Tramps. Uh, they were considered one of the first disco bands. And if you don't know this song, you should. Uh, every time I think of this, I think about the 70s. Um, and so uh, I'm going to play you a little bit of this. So we've got the long version. So we'll play a little bit of this and then move on to the next. So Disco Inferno by The Tramps. Hundred stories high. 
such a great song and I love it. I want to play the whole thing, but we have so many more songs to get through. And this gives you a little bit of a taste of the Tramps Disco Inferno. Um, I'm just going to turn it up a little bit. I mean, literally, by the way, if you hear anything like like a bump or a drop, uh, it's just me. I'm dancing and I'm literally bumping into furniture. I cannot help it anytime I hear this music. It is joyful. It is ebullient. It is just, I mean, you cannot have a bad time when you're listening to this and you can't not have a smile on your face, which is why I think it's so important to share that era. Song that we're going to listen to is uh, by Casey and the Sunshine Band tonight. Um, and they were also considered very much a disco band. And we will just listen to a teeny bit of this song. Uh, before we move on to the next, Casey and the Sunshine Band get down tonight. Same time, 
If you hear me singing and bumping into things, it's because I'm singing and bumping into things. If you don't love this music, um, there's something wrong with you. I mean, I will tell you, I grew up in the DC punk rock hardcore scene, and I love this music. I cannot get enough of it. Now, the next song that we're going to go on to is, I, I didn't even mean to play that whole song, but I just, you can't, it's so, it just makes you so happy. Um, the next song is iconic. Everybody knows it. It has been super sampled. Uh, it was in the Birdcage, well-loved song uh, that is in this movie. Um, and interestingly, it was not written by Sister Sledge. It was written by the legendary Sheik. Again, Nile Rogers, Bernard Edwards, and the song, of course, you know this and love it, and we're probably going to play it all the way through, is We Are Family. And you would have heard this on the floor at Studio 54.
also brings tears to my eyes because it reminds me of, you know, the late Robin Williams and one of my favorite movies, The Birdcage, where he comes out, he's like, you two are family uh, in the club. But uh, it's such a great song. Again, um, this is Sister Sledge. Actually, I'm not. Yeah, it, actually, it was written. It was written by uh, Niall Rogers and Bernard Edwards. I think I said that at the beginning. Um so you'll notice that a lot of these songs from the disco era had a very heavy chic influence and were written uh, by these these geniuses uh, or produced by them. And that's also true of the very next song that is sung by arguably uh, one of the most famous popular singers uh, in the world. Uh, she came up with Motown as the lead singer of the Supremes. Course, we're talking about uh, Diana Ross. This became a huge hit. The song is called Upside Down. Um, and I think, uh, you know, the Supremes was the, the uh, best selling uh, female group in history. So, a little bit of uh, background about Diana Ross. Well, people don't know if they know this, but she dated Gene Simmons from Kiss, uh, who was dating Cher at the time. And the story goes that Cher asked Diana to go with Gene Simmons to pick out a ring or a Christmas present or something. And they ended up uh, dating. So 
there's been different variations of that story, but that is kind of the spicy version. Um, of course, she was uh, basically a fixture at Studio 54. And when Ian and Steve uh, got busted for tax evasion and went away for jail, they had were taken away to jail before they did it. They had a huge blowout at Studio 54. And of course, Diana Ross and their good friend Liza Minnelli serenaded them. So, I mean, how iconic is that, right? You're going off to jail uh, for tax evasion, but you end up having a gigantic blowout party. Um, and Diana Ross serenades you. So um, this is an amazing song. We're going to listen to it all the way through. Uh, this was also uh, written by uh, Bernard Edwards and Nile Rogers. So you will hear a chic influence here. So it's incredible how much they contributed generally in music, but also very specifically to this era. So here we go. Around 
how you cannot get down to that song. I All I imagine is seeing Diana Ross on the DJ console at Studio 54 singing this to Steve Rebell and Ian Schrager. Oh my God, so amazing. Love that song. Um, the next song, the Bee Gees are making a reappearance. I love this song. It's very dramatic. There's a whole story in the song. Uh, Barry Gibbs falsetto is in full force here. It's unusual. It's great. It went to number one on a bunch of different charts. We'll listen to a little bit of it because we have two or three more songs that we want to get through. Um, and so let's listen to a little tragedy by the Bee Gees. <laughs> Um, I love this song because it's so, so, so unusual too. Um, just the arrangement. Um, and I just love, of course, the falsetto. And of course, it hit number one everywhere, uh, but was a huge hit on the dance floor. Now we're going to, the next two songs, we're going to sort of power through because um, we have one more after that, which I want to play in its entirety. I think you'll understand why. Um, the next song is again, Chic. Um, and it is a song called I Want Your Love. Uh, also uh, was number one on the Billboard Dance Club charts. Um, so let's listen to I Want Your Love by Sheep. 
Your Love by Chic, who has appeared so many times um, on this playlist because they were like the blood of disco. Um, now, the next song that we're going to kind of um, power through so that we have time for the last one is by the Swedish band ABBA. It's called Voulez-Vous. And this is sort of, they got into the, they started to get very influenced. And so they produced this disco influenced song, just embraced the trend. Uh, this is something also that's been super sampled. But let's go ahead and take a little listen to Voulez-Vous from ABBA. I included ABBA's Voulez-Vous simply because this was kind of one of the songs where they decided, like, I think they came out with, um, you know, a bunch of songs, uh, an album, actually, because they decided they needed to jump on the disco bandwagon. Now, before I introduce the last song, and you will see that I saved one of the best for last, I love all the songs on this playlist. Um, I wanted to just go ahead and reset the room and say that this episode now freak is a companion episode to the studio 54 episode that we did last week for the anniversary of the 45th anniversary of studio 54 Uh, and uh this is the companion episode which talks about the music for uh that time because it's so joyful and so ebullient and 
really is eternal in so many ways. And I wanted people to kind of close their eyes and be able to get back on the dance floor uh, and bring a little bit of joy and ebullience into their life. And if not, it's a great workout playlist. Uh, now, I'm going to go ahead and play the last song, uh, which is... Well, how do we introduce this? Um, it is a song that was written actually by a bunch of French folks. Um, and it is about a place called, uh, it's YMCA by the village people. Um, and it's funny because it was very tongue in, most of America didn't realize that it was a very tongue in cheek song. Um, it was basically kind of talking about gay culture and how YMCA was a great place to go cruising. But of course, people heard this and thought it was just really about going to stay at the YMCA, which was basically like a hostel uh, for folks that were coming out of town, maybe looking for jobs, uh, you know, kind of a cheap hotel, also a gym, all of those things. But um, of course, most of America didn't realize what the song was referring to. And they were just like, oh, wow, there's a construction worker and an Indian and a police officer and all these people wearing costumes. Uh, but it really was kind of a, a sly little nod to gay culture. Uh, it's been considered one of the greatest dance songs of all time. I remember being a little kid and hearing this. And of course, anytime you hear this, everybody stops and has to do kind of the YMCA. Um, it's legendary. It's iconic. It was one of the mo biggest hits uh, of that time. And even now it's ubiquitous at weddings, at parties, uh, birthday parties. Um, but it is a song about cruising, <laughs> but I love it. So we're going to go ahead and end out with YMCA by the Village People, which again, super evocative of that time. And I think when I hear it, it just makes me just want to like jump and laugh and have a great time and dance, of course. So without further ado, to end this episode, we're going to listen to YMCA by the Village People. Enjoy, and I will see you next week. Make me
Stop you at all, no, 